Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I'm sharing my conversation with Tanya Vasallo. Tanya is the founder of The Courage to Be Happy, a safe and empowering community that encourages women entrepreneurs to be true to themselves and take control of their money and their lives. This was such a fun conversation for me. Tanya and I share many of the same beliefs and feelings when it comes to women and their relationship with money. She loves sharing how women can shift their mindset to not work as hard for their money, to tap into prosperity and abundance from a feminine perspective, and to feel less insecure when it comes to earning and managing their money. So here's a little bit more about Tanya. Tanya Vasallo is the founder of The Courage to Be Happy, a global community of high-achieving women entrepreneurs working to become financially empowered and independent. She also hosts Increase Your Income and Impact, which is her signature live event to help women expand their businesses and their mindsets. Born to a Spanish father and an American mother and raised in Spain, Tanya was constantly in search of freedom from a patriarchal society. Since the launch of her business, working part-time, she was able to reach the six-figure revenue by her fourth year, only working 20 hours per week. She now specializes in transforming a mindset of lack to a mindset of abundance and prosperity so that her clients can discover their own autonomy in their personal and financial choices. With her guidance, her first Money Magic Miracles cohort of 28 women made over $1 million collectively in just eight weeks. Tanya lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico with her husband, her daughter, and her multiple pets. In our conversation today, we talk about the real reasons behind our money blocks, how there's more than one way to learn about money, what the courage to be happy really means, and so much more good stuff. You guys can check out Tanya at her website, thecouragetobehappy.com. You can also download her free guide on women's top money mistakes at womenstopmoneymistakes.com. You can join her Facebook group called Increase Your Income and Impact. And she also has a YouTube channel where you can just find her at The Courage to Be Happy. All of these links will be in the show notes. So you guys can check that out as well. All right, you guys, without further ado, here's my conversation with the lovely Tanya Vasallo. Enjoy. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited for our time together. Absolutely. Me too. So I'd love to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. So um, how did my work start? I, I start my career started in, in New York City, New York City as an uh, art director in advertising. So completely different to what I'm doing nowadays. Uh, I consider myself a multi-passionate woman. So while I was an art director in New York City, it was a great career. And from the outside in, it looked awesome, you know, and very glamorous. I got to travel all over the world, but something inside was just not in alignment for me. 
And so my husband and I decided he was an art director too. We decided to quit our jobs and we moved back to Spain where I'm from originally. And we just opened up our own studio there. We offered all kinds of branding, advertising, photography services, you know, just creative services. And it worked good for a while. We ran the studio maybe, I want to say five, six years, but it was a lot of the feast and famine because when you have two creatives trying to run a business without any business training, it's just like ups and downs, you know, like some months were awesome and we're like, oh my God, yes, we just got that client. And then other months were just like, oh my God, we're just using up all our savings. We're going to have to go get a job again. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of fears and there was a lot of just not control of what we were doing because we really didn't have an understanding of it. And then at one point, my husband didn't want to run the business anymore, which was fine for me. But it left me in this place of, well, what do I do now? Because like I said, I'm multi-passionate and I had all kinds of degrees and certification. I'd worked as a professional photographer. I've anything in the self-development world. I have all the degrees and certifications from landmark education to uh, success principles with Jack Canfield to my certification with Louise Hay, like everything. I'm like, how do I combine all of this? You know, like, or do I have to pick and choose? So I got invited to a mastermind. Uh, well, it was actually a, a sales event. It was like a three-day uh, event that talked about business and sales. And I was a brand new mom with an 18-month-old in hand. My sister's the one that invited me to this. It was out in San Diego. And I thought that is, sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Why would I want to go to a sales event? You know, I'm a creative. That's not what I'm looking for. But... On the other hand, being a mom and wanting to escape motherhood for a couple of days, I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? Let yeah. me at least go to San Diego. And if I'm hating this event, at least I can hang out at the pool. So I went and the event was incredible. I met entrepreneurs from all over the world, six, seven figure businesses. And it's just, it really opened up my eyes of what's possible with my business. You know, here I was with feast and famine, like I just told you. And then I'm hearing these people talk about you know, multi six figures, seven figures, they've made over a million dollars with their business. And I'm like, how the heck do they do that? So I ended up signing up for this mastermind with a two-year-old at that time. It was really expensive, but it was an investment in myself and in my education and in learning the strategies of how to, the systems, the strategies of how to set up a successful business. And that's what was a game changer for me because I started teaching about branding. That's when I launched my, the business, The Courage to Be Happy. My husband was no longer in the picture business-wise. We still stayed together, but we, we didn't want to sacrifice our relationship. So we sacrificed our previous uh, studio. And I launched the the courage to be happy. And I started teaching women about creating a successful brand. And then every year I was doubling the business, only working 20 hours a week because I had my little one. And they started asking me, what kind of systems are you putting in place? What are your strategies? What are you doing? So suddenly I'm finding myself teaching about business, which like I said, I never thought that this just happened by default. You know, like I never went to business training school or learning about business. And then the path of learning about business, I got very curious about money and my relationship with money. You know, I was born and raised in Spain at the end of a dictatorship in a very patriarchal country and patriarchal family, just because my dad's seven brothers and one sister. So 
And my mom's American. So I have the opportunity to come and study in the States, to live in the States, to work in the States. And part of this soul searching when I was starting my new business was, well, who do I want to work with? What do I want to be teaching? What do I want to be serving? Is it still art direction? Is it coaching? Can I combine all the things together? Is it photography? And with the courage to be happy, that's what started happening. I started teaching about business strategies. I started teaching about money mindset because I loved this idea about our relationship with money. Like I could teach my clients all the strategies in the world about business, but if they hadn't dealt with their relationship with money and their programming and their, you know, self-sabotages, there was no way that they were going to succeed because it didn't happen for me either. Until I dealt with my own crap, I wasn't able to push forward. So that's where I'm at right now. I still teach business strategies, but I also consider consider myself a money mindset coach, you know, or mentor per se, because I love helping other women feel empowered to learn about money, to heal their relationship with money so that they can create a a successful life, whatever it is that they want to do and create independence to whether you're in a relationship or not. I'm in a beautiful relationship with my husband. We've been together for 23 years and it's not about like, oh, independent women and bashing men. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, I found myself that men always knew so much more. And why can't I have that same success that my dad and my uncles had had or why or my husband, you know, like with investments and learning about, um, how to do this and empower myself. And so now I want to pass that on. Like I'm on a mission to just empower as many women as possible out in the world of just saying, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. It's not that hard. And actually there's statistics out there that say that women are better investors than men because we're more mm-hmm. grounded together, you know, like just put emotionally evened out. And there's another statistic too, from the United nations that says that, um, of women will hard earned income back into their families and their communities versus only 35% of men, 95% of women versus 35% of men. So I feel like if women, if we can create a safe place where we can talk about money, that's been such a taboo subject for years, for decades, for centuries, you know, um, that if we can create that safe space, if we can come together in sisterhood, if we can support each other and and detangle this patriarchy, because that's all part of what you and I were talking about a little bit before the call, is just detangle that and come together and teach each other and grow, we are going to be much more successful as a society, as a community, and and ultimately as a world at large. That's like my vision, you know, ultimate vision with it. So anyway, that that was a long story. No, I mean, I think that you and I were meant to have this conversation today. We are so aligned in so many ways, right? And um, one of the things you said that is really a fundamental aspect of how I, why I started this podcast in the first place is that I believe that, that it is first and foremost, so important for women to understand our relationship with money so that we can stop staying small. And I think that we beat up on ourselves and we, you know, maybe just have this general kind of, I don't know what I'm doing, or maybe just uncomfortable feeling with ourselves. 
And some of that comes from just not having the knowledge, not having the confidence around this particular area, right? And money is something that we we have to deal with every single day, whether you like it or not. So it's, it's so important that we have some knowledge and, and understanding of ourselves and how we relate to money. And that's a fundamental understanding that we need before we can even start to take it to another level where we can manage the money, where we can invest the money, we can grow the money. Because if you're still approaching that with an, with an underlying belief of scarcity or an underlying belief that you're not good enough somehow, or you're not smart enough, this isn't going to work, right? The relationship's going to be false, fake, you know, it's just not going to be an authentic, genuine relationship. And I think that is just such a super key component to all of this for women. You mentioned that you had to go through this process yourself uh, while you were starting your business. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about what that looked like for you. Like my, my journey here is through the podcast and I've been sharing, being vulnerable and sharing my weird little things that I do with money and the way that I think about things and the, my own issues with, you know, confidence and validation and, and just confusion with where I am in the world and identity and all of that. I'm curious how you approached this and, and how you were able to kind of move from um, where you were to where you are now. Yes, I think there's two key moments, I'd say one from the financial perspective that made me feel more empowered, observing my mistakes. And another one where I, f- I felt like I succeeded also with the business. And I think that came a little bit later. So I'm going to start with the financial aspect of it. Like when I quit corporate and I moved to Spain, by law, you have to move your 401k into a Roth, into an IRA. And so I moved it into an IRA because that's what the HR person told me at my company, you know? And so I, I walked into Citibank, I got assigned whoever the representative was at Citibank, and he said, oh, well, you should put, you know, how much risk do you want? You know, he just asked me a couple of questions and he put it into whatever mutual funds. And it was right at 2007. And so I went to Spain for four years, came back and I had lost a lot of money. Why? Well, yes, there was a crisis and all these things, you know, going on at that, at, at that time period. But ultimately the responsibility is mine because I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't ask the right questions because I didn't know what questions to ask. I felt stupid asking questions, even though I'm a woman with plenty of education. Like I said, I have all these degrees. I've gone to university. I've done, you know, postgraduate, you know, like I, but I'm still feeling small and feeling not good enough, not smart enough. So let me not ask the questions to this financial advisor, because this is a topic that I don't understand. So let me just leave it there. So that's the consequence. You don't ask. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Megan. You are not alone. This is, I'd say 90% yeah. of women out there. We just don't ask because we're afraid or we don't want to admit that we don't know. So yes, <laughs> before that's, you go well, on, that's I, why I'm sure. Yeah. I have to share that because like I said, I know so many women and clients, friends, uh, family members that are smart Ivy League schools, but because we've been told that, I don't know what the story is with women. We think we're supposed to be born knowing everything about money, but we're not. And we haven't been given permission to say, oh, well, let me feel stupid about it. Let me ask. So anyway, 
When I came back and I told my husband, I was complaining about this. My husband's been investing in the fine in the stock market for many years. And he's like, well, why don't you call our family financial advisor, meaning his family, not my husband and I, because we didn't work with our financial advisor. And he's like, and just ask him about some dividend stocks and just purchase some stocks and dividends, you know, with dividends. And I'm like, oh my God, what is a dividend? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling even more stupid now. Luckily it's my husband and I felt comfortable enough to ask him like, what is a dividend and what kind of stocks, how many stocks, what am I supposed to do? I like, I don't want to call the financial advisor again. I'm going to feel stupid, but he comforted me. He made it feel simple. He's like, just ask him for a list. And the financial advisor gave me the list. I looked through it. And so now I'm starting to feel empowered. I have a list of companies. And because I had worked in the advertising world, some of these companies were not in alignment with me. I'm not going to name companies, but just there's certain things uh, that weren't aligned with my values. So I'm like, I don't care how much money that company is going to give me. If it's not aligned with my values, I don't want to buy it. So they suggested getting three, four or five stocks that with dividends, dividend, for those of you listening, if you don't know, I learned is uh, they pay you out every so often. So, and I'm like, oh, I'll reinvest that money. Perfect. So they explained it to me with a five-year-old language. And so that was the beginning of my journey in the financial world with an IRA versus the 401k that we all just abandoned at our job. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, they match it. And I have no idea what I'm doing with the 401k. Little by little- no matter what vehicle it is, you're still responsible for it. Right. Like, yes. you know, and that's what Thank I think you. women need to know whether it's, I mean, you're still directing the investments in a 401k. It's not the company. So whether it's, whether it's with their, the individual underlying investments that the company offers, or it's through whatever Citibank or Fidelity or whatever other institution that you mm-hmm. have at an IRA, you still have to have the same basic knowledge and understanding of yes. how it works. Yes, absolutely. And so what happened it. to me, we're not taught it. We don't know about it and you don't know what you don't know. So you're just in an ignorant space. And so for me, once I made those investments with the dividends and then I'd reinvest them again, the money started growing without me doing anything. I was just like looking at my quarterly statement and I'm like, holy crap. Like, it's like, you know, it's gone up several thousand and it's another thousand. And, a, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I like this, you know, like I'm not doing, you know, here I am working really hard. That's another programming we all have. I'm like working hard, working hard to make money. And here on the side, my money's working for me. You know, like it's just doing its thing. I just look at the quarterly statements. So I must've done something good. So that inspired me. That was like the first step of feeling empowered, you know, having that conversation with the financial advisor, then doing, picking the right investments, then seeing the money grow. Then I'm like, oh, well, this can't be that hard. Let me sign up to some newsletters about different investments, you know? So then I'm getting into, you know, Agora Financial and uh, Motley Fool, you know, I'm wanting to learn some things. There's a curiosity now of like, let me learn about it because I'm not going to research all these companies. So now I'm paying money for other people to research these things for me. And what happened was they say it takes an average of seven years to double your money for those that are in the financial world, which I didn't know this. And in 10 years, I added a zero to the initial money that I had. So I more than doubled, you know, my money. 
And that just got me going like, well, what other ways can I empower myself? What other streams of income can I make? And so that was from a financial perspective. And so now I wanted to learn more of the stock market. I wanted to learn about cryptocurrencies. This was back in 2017. It's on my to-do list of learning about real estate investment. So now I'm feeling so much more empowered. So simultaneously as that was happening, like I said, I signed up for this very expensive mastermind to learn about business. Here's the bottom line of what I've learned along my journey, no matter what it is, whether it's finance, business, whatever it is, there's always, when my husband and I were running the business, the reason why I wasn't being successful and making all this money is because we didn't have business training. We didn't have mentors. We didn't have the education. We didn't have the teachers. We didn't have the coaches. The moment I signed up for this mastermind and it was really expensive, it was a big investment, but I saw it as an investment in myself. Like I I'm a big believer that the best investment you can do, it's not the stock market. It's not real estate. It's not, it's not, not any of that. It's you, because the moment you get those tools, the tools I gained in that mastermind in that one year, they're tenfold. And it's going to keep on giving me, uh, you know, that returns for the rest of my life, because it's knowledge that I've acquired and it's tools that I can use forever. Mm-hmm. So the moment as a woman, you decide to invest in yourself, which a lot of women, we don't, we tend to not do that. We'll invest in our kids. We'll invest in our husbands, you know, like if they're like, wanting to study something. Oh yeah, we'll support them. Go back to school. You know, we'll figure out the loans with it. If your kids wanted to go to the best Ivy league school, you would figure out how to pay for it. Even if you didn't know, but if you're wanting to acquire knowledge because you want to start a business or something, you'd be like, maybe not this Siri. That's a lot of money. You know, like we don't take that time to invest in us and who we are. And so that was another big learning for me of just like, investing and learning about business. And so that's the key tools of surrounding yourself with people that know more than you and that can teach you along the way, because I know that I don't know anything. And I know there's this whole world out here that I need to learn about. Well, and to add to that, I think the reason, one of the big reasons why we shy away from investing in ourselves is because we doubt ourselves. We don't necessarily believe deep down, right? That we are worth this, uh, this dollar amount, or we don't think that we are uh, smart enough or successful enough to make this a valuable investment, right? So we probably just don't believe in ourselves that we're worth that dollar amount in our mind. And -hmm. I think that's something that needs to be dissected. I think each person kind of needs to come into as part of the beginning of this journey, we have to start to dissect those beliefs to first pick them out, to realize what's actually happening Mm -hmm. here and to, to start to dissect, like, is this true? Am I not really worth this? And, and what are the benefits of doing something like this? I mean, that is to me, something like that. Yes. It's scary because it's a chance. Like you're spending money on yourself that you've never done before, but, and you're taking a risk. Like, will I actually follow through with what I'm getting out of this? Right. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it is uh, a risk that we need to take because if we keep staying small, and not taking any chances, not taking any risks, that's not getting ourselves anywhere either. Like we're going to stay exactly in this defined box and we're not moving ourselves forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's so much, like you said, it's so important to dissect that and to question those beliefs that have been passed down to us. Because I think a lot of that, it's like you're saying, am I worth it? That's been, it's ingrained in our DNA, especially as women, you know, just what's been passed down through patriarchy, what's been passed down through our ancestors, you know, women were supposed to be at home, they were the caretakers. And this has been going on for generations, generations, generations. So to break that programming and, and those beliefs, you have to be willing to question them. And it goes with money and it goes with, I mean, a great exercise is to just sit down one afternoon and pull out your journal and ask yourself the questions like, what do I believe about my body? What do I believe about my health? What do I believe about money? What do I believe about religion? Because all these things like, and where are those beliefs coming from? That, that's the second part to it. Because like, oh, I, I, you can believe in God or you can believe that money is a root of all evil. But why? Where did this come from? Who gave me that belief? Was that my parents? Was that society? Was that the media? Was that, you know, where did that belief come from? And so then you can start dissecting and suddenly you come to this level of awareness. And once you reach a level of awareness, that's when you can start taking action. And there will be fears that show up, but then you can say, no, it's worth investing in myself. You know, if it's a class that you want to take or uh, it's worth, um, I don't know, splitting up from this relationship that's not serving me. You know, so once you have a level of awareness, that's when you can start changing things. And if you don't, if you're not willing to look at yourself and your relationship with money in this case, because that's what we're talking about, you're just going to keep on doing the same thing and getting the same results. You know, if you want to change, you need to address it. Of course. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, um, why women in order to do all of this, you need to, like you said, sit down, get quiet, pull out a journal, start writing, start focusing on yourself, what your beliefs are, why the, why you have those beliefs. But so many of us women and moms in particular, I think don't do this because we keep ourselves busy. We use, you know, we're running all over the place. We like, to some extent, I think we like to be busy because maybe those believed for our whole life. Like we just don't want to do that exercise because maybe that's questioning something that we're not ready to feel yet or to understand yet or to emotionally process yet. So I think a Mm -hmm. lot of us tend to keep ourselves busy, adding more things to our plate, running around, but it's mindless and it doesn't have any purpose. And I think a lot of times we do that to avoid having this exact same I guess, I don't know, doing this exercise or having this kind of conversation with ourselves in order to understand what comes next, because a lot of this stuff is not comfortable. It is. That's the bottom line. Like you're saying, if we can get used to being a little bit discomfort, living in that discomfort, you know, because it's easy to say, well, let me just stay in this comfortable state but you're not going to get the rewards that you want. You know, if you want more money, if you want to make more money, if you want to have more money and why would you want to have more money? Because we also have to unpack that because 
a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't need more money. I need just enough or I'm too spiritual and I don't need money. That's a money block right there. You know, I see it in a lot of clients, you know, that we've worked through different money blocks, you know, typical money block. And you want more money because like you said at the beginning, Megan, money touches everything. It's in our everyday life for every person on this planet, except for anyone that's self-sufficient and lives in the Amazon and doesn't need clothing, doesn't need food, you know, like they just provide for themselves. So for all the rest of us, which is 99% of the people, you need to cultivate a good relationship with money. If you don't, then that's the difference between having a rich, abundant life versus just getting by surviving or do you want to thrive? You know, like, what do you want to do with that? Because it's the difference. You want to have money because you want to pay for your kid's education. You want to have money. If you have a health issue, you want to have money. If you want to travel, you want to have, so it's not a selfish thing to want to have money or to love money. That's the first thing within that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other part of women being so busy or people in general, that's also a money block that I see, you know, that's, it's, it's part of the, you have to work hard for money. So like you're saying, if I don't deal with it, if I keep myself busy, then I don't have to deal with this. You know, I don't have to feel uncomfortable feelings. I don't have to realize that I have a horrible relationship with money. I don't have to do anything about it, but that's like being a hundred pounds overweight and just keep on feeding yourself and not wanting to pay attention to your relationship to your body and to your health. This is the only body you have. And you need to, if you want to live a comfortable life where you're full of vitality and energy and you can move around, then you take care and you pay attention and you learn about what are healthy ways of eating. And that's how I see it so parallel with money. It's like, you want to live in a healthy body, then you learn about healthy ways of being, well-being, health, and you learn about those things. And then you can choose if you want to do something about it or not. And then with money, it's the same thing. You have a, you have a relationship with money because you are forced as a human being. We are forced to relate with money because that's how we exchange. So now the next question is, do I want to heal my relationship with money first and understand why or where this came from and what can I do about it now? Because if you do, so my invitation to anyone that's listening and saying like, oh, but I just don't want to deal with it. I'd rather be busy. You can do small steps. I'm not saying go write this journal and then, you know, you go into a brain circuit you know, break up, break down because you're like, Oh my God, you know, like I'm horrible. And then you start with the shame and the guilt, but you can start with baby steps, you know, like, Oh, well, let me listen to a podcast like this, or let me get into a community where there's other like-minded women that, Oh my God, I have no idea. They were talking about these kind of things, you know, like anytime Mm -hmm. I hear the word financial, I think it's going to be numbers and interest and words and jargon that I don't understand. No, there's other things you could pick up a book on financial prosperity or abundance or more from a spiritual perspective. So the invitation is to just take baby steps. If you do identify with that busy mom or busy person, that's just, I don't have time for that because it really is. You want to make time for that. Like you also mentioned Megan at the beginning. And I think this was before we were recording that things happen in life, you know, and I'm sure for you seeing it as a financial advisor, you I've, I've heard it time and time again. I've lost close friends at a young age. I've heard of stories of uh, women losing their spouse 
and you're in this emotional distress. And on top of that, you have to figure finances, uh, not having talked with their spouses. Like we have to, as women, we have to learn, like, this is just, a, it's not a, well, I don't want to, or I'll get to it. You'll get to it when the crisis happens. So why not get to it before the crisis happens right. and surround yourself in the community, talk about these things, you know, learn about it so that when the crisis does happen, because here, here are the statistics and it's scary, but 50% of marriages end in, the, in divorce. So mm -hmm. either at some point of your life, you're going to have to deal with finances on your own because you either divorced or if you're one of the lucky ones that's still married and in partnership, 80% of women will outlive their spouses, right. 80%. So again, at some point, whether by choice, because you didn't want to get married or you got married and then you ended up in divorce or you ended up losing your spouse, you're going to have to learn about finances, whether it's at 20, at 50 or at 80. So why not start learning in a gentle way, create the space for yourself, talk, you know, like talk with other women that maybe went to a financial advisor and like myself, you know, felt like I feel dumb. I don't know what to do. If you're in at least an, I have a, a group called uh, on Facebook called increase your income and impact where you can have these conversations where you can um, talk about these things in a safe environment, you know, like where you can ask questions and not feel dumb, you know, like, Oh, I don't understand any of these things of Roth IRAs. Like it just, it goes over my head. And so there'll always be someone there that tries to break yeah. it down or like you want to look for those things and just start dipping your toes into it. Like I said, it doesn't have to, like for me, it's been over a decade now with all, this whole subject. So I understand this would have felt very intimidating if someone's telling me like, no, you need to learn about money now. And you need to do it's baby steps, you know, and just get curious. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, um, that it's also the way that we do it. You and I, one of the things we also were talking about before we started recording was the manner in which women can get involved in this, right? Like, I, I think so many people are attracted to like the Dave Ramseys and the other kind of financial like experts and gurus out there mm -hmm. and stuff. But, uh, but a lot of those tactics are very black and white and very masculine and their strategies. And I really think that there's other ways that women can relate to their finances and their relationship with money in a very more gentle, more kind of nurturing and softer way. That's going to make this an easier process. I think we tend to think of things, especially financial, you know, budgets and, and all that. We think about it as harsh, black and white numbers, do this, restrict, don't do that. And I think that that's a really damaging approach for so many women. And I think that's one of the reasons why women tend to continue to just not be involved or to not want to do this and to, to not want to share their stories or be vulnerable because we're just, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable and it's intimidating. Well, it's, and there's, you just said it, there's so many different ways to learn about money and the, the more feminine way. I mean, if we, if we, again, detangle and dissect, a lot of that comes from patriarchy. You know, it's, it's that men work and operate this way. And so they set up the system. So it works for them because that's how it was set up for them, but it wasn't infused with much feminine energy into, you know, just more of that 
flow, intuitive side, maybe more spiritual. And there's different ways to learn. And money is such a spiritual tool, in my opinion. Money's energy. You know, it's it's not good or bad. But if you can relate to it in a different way and come from this place of just kind of like dancing with it and uh, embracing it and seeing it from a place of love instead of like this, this is the only way, like you're saying black, white, go do, but you know, it's like, no, you can make money with ease. You can make it by attracting without having to push, without having to go, without having to, there's so many other ways of doing it. And so uh, my invitation, if you're listening to this and you're like identifying with it, try and look for some books that are more, compassionate, let's say, you know, towards the subject that are more embracing, that are more forgiving, that aren't throwing uh, money jargon at you, you know, like, there's so many, there's books, there's like the book of, I always mention her, Edwina Gaines, The First Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, there's uh, um, Wallace Waddles, even though this book was it's more men geared because it was written a hundred years ago, but it's the science of getting rich and how he talks of our divine right of being, you know, that we need to feel rich, you know, to fulfill things. So my invitation is to listen to more of these type of podcasts, to join groups where there's other women and some more men that are connected, that are craving this type of energy too, because it's not just about men or women, or they're doing it right, or we're doing it. it there are men, um, that are also craving this part of, of just in, infusing it with a little bit more, like I said, more compassion, more gentleness, you know, into it instead of so aggressive and so hard. And just keep on reminding ourselves that we were not, no one's born knowing about money. And this is all programming that's been given to us. You know, it's been given that men need to know about the numbers and they're the ones in charge of being the breadwinners and women are the ones to maybe manage the money in the household, but don't worry about it because you'll be taken care of by your man. And we, we, we want to break those stereotypes. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. That's just programming that was passed down to us. And it goes back to circling to what we were talking about, like questioning those beliefs. Does it have to be that way? Or can we find evidence and proof that there's other people doing it differently? Right. Right. And I think this is a really good segue. I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about the courage to be happy and that community that you've developed and what that looks like for those who are members. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, the courage to be happy, like I said, started several years ago and it was more geared towards women and helping women succeed with their business and feel empowered simultaneously. Now we also tackle subjects of, of money and money mindset. I just launched this year, money, magic miracles, which by the way, in the first cohort, we only had 28 women talk about manifesting 28 women. And in eight weeks, the whole group collectively manifested over a million dollars. It was like a million dollars and a hundred, a million, a hundred thousand or something like that. Uh, 1.1. Yeah. And eight weeks. And this was all with tools of just learning to shift our mindset from lack, from not enough into a mindset of abundance, of plenty, of there is enough for all of us. So 
the communities kept on growing and I'd love to invite anyone that's listening. I have a free guide that's called women's top money mistakes and how to fix them. So that's a great starting point. And you can find that guide at women's top money And it's the perfect place to get started when, you know, you start to become aware of where you're at and what you're doing and what things can improve, you know, instead of beating yourself up, you know, like I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. Just, come from a place of compassion and instead of judgment, come with curiosity. So you can read through the guide and you'll learn some of those top typical mistakes that women make with money, you know, like not learning about money or giving up your power with money. And I've done all these mistakes, so I I can speak about them. So I'm sure you feel identified or feeling guilty or ashamed about money. And I've had hundreds of women download this guide. I know it'll be beneficial for you. You know, some of the women have, you know, just, just shift just from reading the guide. If you want to dive a little bit deeper, like I mentioned before, there's a Facebook group called Increase Your Income and Impact. And there we, I do more videos and we have more conversations with the women. It's more business strategy as well as money mindset. And then I'm also, I launched my YouTube channel this year. So if you're someone that likes to consume video instead of reading on the guide, that's another place. You can do it from the comfort of your home. You don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to interact with anyone else. So I understand for those of you that don't like social media, I've been off of social media for four years, so I get it. But you have a couple different resources of, of getting your journey started into understanding, healing your relationship with money, coming into a place where it's like, okay, I'm curious. Let me see. What could I improve? What could I do differently? What if, and fill in the blank, what if you could be making X amount of money a year? What if you could have your investments 10 X like mine did in 10 years, you know, like what, what if, you know, what, what are the possibilities for you instead of I'm too busy. I don't want to think about this. Yeah. I love even just the title of your group, like the courage to be happy. Like what if I was happy? What does that look like? I think I did a whole episode on happiness and and what that means. And I think so many women think that that happiness is the cultural definition of happiness, right? Like you grow up, you, you know, check all the boxes, you get married, you have kids, (laughs) you buy the house with the white picket fence and you, you know, work in your safe job or whatever it is. And then we realize at some point that we're not really happy or we're not what we thought we would be at this point. Like we assumed that once we checked these boxes and we accomplished these things that we would be happy and we're not. So therefore there must be something wrong with us. Right. So I think one of those, one of the key things here is that you probably work with all of these women with is, is honestly figuring out what happy means to us and having the courage and developing the, the strength, confidence, and the courage to be able to ask for that or put yourself out there and create it yourself. Yes. That's so important. I mean, the reward is not going to come without courage. I'm a big believer that we all have our desires. There's dreams that we have that have been planted in our heart. You know, they've just been planted there. It's your personal desire. It's not your spouses. It's not your kids. It's not your best friends. It's your desire to protect and hold sacred. And in order to fulfill that desire, you're going to have to have courage to jump into that. And so if happiness, which I think ultimately every human being wants happiness and love. 
if you're wanting happiness, there's going to be certain things that are required of you that, that are requiring courage to jump into, whether it's jumping into a new business, starting a podcast like you did, you know, like, what is it that you're desiring that you're wanting? And can you pull up that courage from wherever it is to be able to achieve that desire? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. And there's so many things that I think we need to tap into in order to build this strength and to start this like foundation, um, that we've sort of just shoved aside for all these years. And I think for women to truly step into their own, their, their own potential and to be bigger, right. To feel bigger, to want more that they have to really do this introspective work first. So, uh, I could talk to you for hours and I know we're kind of rounding up on time now, but, uh, as we start to wrap up, I would love to have you leave our audience with one piece of advice. What do you think that would be? Don't judge yourself and just instead be curious, be curious to what's next, be curious to learn, you know, be curious and don't beat yourself up. Let go of the shame, let go of the guilt, you know, just don't judge, keep going forward. Be curious. I love it. That's all part of that self-compassion, right? That's so important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talked a little bit about the, the work that you're doing, but how can people follow you? I know you said you're back on social media now, so please feel free to promote yourself and everything that you have going on right now. Yeah. Like I just mentioned before, if it, if, if it's just a stepping in, you know, and dipping your toe, download this free guide called womenstopmoneymistakes.com. And you can download the guide right there, womenstopmoneymistakes.com. And if not, if you are in social media and you're more interactive and you want to be part of a group and a safe community of women and talk about money and business strategies and money mindset and strategies, that's increase your income and impact on Facebook. And last but not least is the courage to be happy on YouTube. And we can put, if you can put the links in Megan, we can definitely share with everyone, but yeah, you can listen, you know, there's different ways that you can connect with me. So I'd love to hear about where everyone is in their journey and what they're learning. Absolutely. I will. I'm really looking forward to it. And I am going to join your Facebook group as well, as soon as we stop recording. So, (laughs) so I'll be there. Thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation and uh, I'm really looking forward to connecting more and talking more about this. I think between you and I, we have a lot of motivation and inspiration to, to change the world. (laughs) I agree to be continued. See what else shows up. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me here. You're welcome. Thanks for being here.